What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. Another edition of This Week in Cannabis News with David Wiley from OkanaganZ.com slash OZ. You can give them a follow on Twitter at OkanaganZ and you can follow David at Wiley Writer. I don't know what the weather was like uh, over the last two, three weeks for you guys, but uh, it was so cold here. Minus 15 feels like spring in the Edmonton area, David. How are you? Hello, my friend. It's not minus fifteen. I love how we always uh, we always open by talking about the weather. It's yeah. like it's it's like talking to my dad. Yeah, and yeah. Sometimes I feel like that's the only question that he has for me. How's the weather out there? Uh, it's it's been warm. You know, not minus twenty five anymore. It's funny that you say that. My dad gives me a weather report every email he sends me. <laughs> um, so it just it's just one of those common things. I I don't imagine we'll be talking about it so much in the summer because it's beautiful. Hopefully. But it gives us a uh, common ground uh, to complain about the cold uh, in the winter. Um, let's dive into That's our. When we uh, should be talking about it yeah, in the summertime. That maybe we gorgeous. should. How beautiful it is. Let's let's dive into our <laughs> exactly. first story. And there's been some highs and lows for Hexo. Uh, you know, they won the product of the year with their elixir at one point, uh, and then like other cannabis companies, uh, they they laid off some employees, and and now there's a lawsuit uh, in the in the offing. So uh, some bumps for Hexo Corp. Hexo's been pretty popular. One of one of Canada's um, biggest licensed producers. Um, they've been doing some things. You mentioned the Elixir, and they've been doing some things that other companies haven't been doing, like selling by the ounce, cheap ounces, mm-hmm. uh, and that's brought them a lot of attention. You know, here here we go, seeing the effects of uh, that year long slump, and really, it is impacting. Everybody, case in point, Hexo here, Metafarm Labs has filed a statement of claim in the Ontario Superior Court uh, against the licensed producer. And that claim relates to, uh, among other things, the payment of outstanding amounts of almost $10 million, $9.8 million, um, pursuant to a private label cannabis oil sale agreement that uh, had been made in early 2019. Uh, basically it's being alleged that they're, they haven't made a payment since October. And, uh, so Metafarm looking for some way to recoup here. This is a little bit more complicated too, because the deal wasn't initially between Hexo and Metafarm. Mm -hmm. It was uh, between New Strike Brands Inc.'s up cannabis brand. Uh, and they were acquired by Hexo. So Hexo Brass say that they're, for their part, they're going to uh, vigorously defend themselves against the claim. And they're saying that they've had concerns about this agreement all along. Uh, I don't know how that's going to shape up into a defense against the contract, but I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, a signed contract uh, seems to trump a lot of other things. And, and, and you're right, Hexo, it was a big deal when they acquired New Strike, uh, which is Up Cannabis, is, uh, the, the Up Cannabis brand, uh, the Tragically Hip. They paid $260 million uh, last March. And, and this deal was signed almost two years ago. So... Um, I don't know. It was a. It was a in relation to a thirty-five million dollars supply deal that was announced uh, 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 in February a couple of years ago. So, this is going to be an interesting thing to watch. Um, and uh, it, it's interesting that as we're a couple of years in, um, you know, sort of deals are starting to fall through. So, I, I hope that this can be resolved for all parties because no matter what. 
no matter which way this goes, uh, it's going to look bad on the cannabis industry that there's an in, infighting a little bit. We knew that the honeymoon was over, and this is definitely a symptom of it. Um, you know, it's, it's been a, a challenging year. 2019 was a challenging year for the cannabis industry. And yeah, that's when you start to see layoffs and lawsuits and all those bad things. So mm. hoping for for a better year in 2020, especially with all these cannabis 2.0 products. You and I have uh, talked a lot, David, about the regulations and, you know, what's going to happen with them. Um, something interesting in Ontario. So if, you, if you've ever been to a winery, you know that you can taste the wine, you can buy the wine, things like that. Same with Same with breweries. In spring, Ontario will start to see farm gate cannabis retail. But there's a bit of a catch with this compared to how the alcohol industry does it, isn't there? There is. If you go to Niagara-on-the-Lake, for instance, you can go to any winery and buy a bottle of wine. I am fortunate enough to live in yeah. wine country, yeah. and that's something that we do regularly. So uh, before we get into this strange caveat, on the upside, seeing farm-to-table like this, farm-to-gate cannabis retail is awesome. Yes. What a great step in the right direction to be able to go and visit your neighborhood producer uh, is an excellent sign for cannabis tourism. Uh, to go in and be able to buy your cannabis from right there is cool and novel. But this strange caveat in Ontario was pointed out by Global News. That's what the producers will be legally required to first sell their cannabis to the Ontario Cannabis Store, which is the province's governmental monopoly wholesaler. And then at that point in time, they'll buy it back from the OCS before it can be sold to the consumer. That's a, a little bit crazy. And as with all of these things, it's the consumer who's going to lose because Obviously, there's going to be some resulting price markup. Mm -hmm. We have to sell it and then buy it back. We don't know how much that is going to be. The OCS uh, hasn't said how much that's going to be. You know, there's a small mercy in this, and that's at least cannabis producers in Ontario won't be required to drive their product all the way to the OCS's Oakville warehouse and then all the way back where it started uh, so they can do all this from a distance. You Wineries, on the other hand, in Ontario are able to just sell directly to their customers and then uh, having to report their sales to the LCBO. That, to me, seems like the right process here. I don't know why we have to to uh, just handcuff ourselves in red tape. And you know, is there really any wonder that the cannabis industry legally here in Canada is having trouble keeping up with black market prices or keeping down with them, I guess I should say, when you look at these kinds of instances where you just have to jump through how many hoops here. Yeah, it's kind of silly. The uh, The one quote I like is from uh, cannabis lawyer Matt Maurer. He says, if you have a, quote, if you have a farm gate store and there's no minimum price, what do you need the wholesaler for? And then he continues, I can't <laughs> think sitting here off the top of my head in a sort of fictional transaction, not a physical transaction, what is the point of a markup? If that is going to happen solely to get around the existing legislation, which requires it to be purchased from the OCS, then what is the markup for? What is the rationale behind it? And and we may say this, see this change or the markup be very minimal, but it does seem uh, like you're jumping through so many hoops. As you mentioned, the end result is good for the consumer, 
but they're just probably going to have to pay a little bit more uh, in the beginning. And hopefully they, they get this figured out because it's a great idea. It's just the execution seems to have a bit of a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Canopy growth is uh, is pretty diplomatic with its response. It's saying that the full sale and repurchase process gives uh, gives the market some transparency. Uh, and and Canopy says that they're really talking about a data transfer here. Again, it just seems to be another added layer. Um, I've had a couple of uh, wonderful uh, women in the cannabis industry on my show in the in the past couple of weeks, Raylan Dane from Sundial and Jill Pollard from The Herb Life. And uh, the next story we're diving into is is one that is also like you and I trying to normalize cannabis and the stigma, particularly with moms. Um, I mean, uh, the, the great point in this article is that wine o'clock is celebrated while weed o'clock Maybe not so much with moms, and that just comes down to stigma. And again, living in the Okanagan where you're going to wineries pretty often out here, you see those wine o'clock things all the time. There's aprons, there's wine glasses. It really is, it's a marketing gimmick. And uh, two Ontario moms, Riley Parrott and Holly Quinn, uh, are the co-founders of a, a Facebook community called Canadian 420 Moms. And that's been really gaining in popularity. It's got about uh, 2,300 members now. And their, their whole point is to try and uh, lift the stigma. You know, saying that alcohol really is socially intertwined with being social and having a good time. And nobody bats an eye at, at that. But if you go out to the same group of people and, and you say that you're going to go smoke a joint that night, well, you, you might get a little bit of a different reaction. A lot of parents, me being one of them, are talking about the fact that alcohol and cannabis produce such a different effect. And I've, I have friends who have told me horror stories of growing up in households where their parents uh, are, are alcoholics. And what goes on in the household, the, the, the yelling and the fighting and at times the violence. And I'm not saying that People who use cannabis are immune to that. But what you hear about a lot more often, and I think that these these groups are trying to put out there, is that if you're going to vape or smoke a joint or eat a cannabis chocolate, you're more likely than anything to sit down with your kids and play video games or build a Lego tower mm-hmm. because that generally is the way that people find the effect. You know, Maybe tired mom or tired dad might need to go and lay down and have a nap after. Uh, you know, that's that's <laughs> kids can go and have a nap too, and mm-hmm. that's something that I've done with mine. Hey, daddy's tired. Everyone's having quiet time now. Mm-hmm. But the more that we as parents can talk about how hey, this is normal, it's okay to come home from a long day at work and uh, and you know go out onto the back porch and, and vape a little bit, so they can come in a little more relaxed. I think it's great, and uh, I'm not a mom, but I, I'd love to request uh, to join this 420 mom <laughs> group. Well, it's it's a little different. Uh, it, you know, if you come home, end of the day, you go out, you have a little bit. Nobody's saying that you have to smoke an ounce of weed uh, out on the back porch <laughs> and then come in, but it's different if you go out and have a little hit or something than coming home and having three fingers awry or something to take the edge off. It's it, As you mentioned, it is a totally different effect on the mind, 
and the body. And I, I, uh, I wholeheartedly endorse what these ladies are doing um, because there are so many people out there that, that, that get the dirty look or the comment behind the back about this. And they have no problem throwing back a bottle of wine or a few glasses or whatever. So the hypocrisy is there and these ladies are doing their part to normalize this. And, and, and I uh, wholeheartedly applaud what they're trying to do. And, and I think there's probably a lot of more people that are going to be joining these groups as they go on or, or forming their own groups. Let's not forget here too, that cannabis is medicine and people are, are using this wonderful plant in order to alleviate pain uh, to increase appetite and to relieve anxiety. So there's that whole side of things too. And and let's let's talk just for a quick second too about the rising alcoholism among mm. Canadian women. Yes, as we're normalizing the wine culture, uh, you know, it's increasing much faster than men. Twenty six percent alcoholism. Uh, that it's increased twenty six percent that women are dying from alcohol abuse over the last, uh, you know, 17 or so years. And during that same time frame, alcoholism has increased by about 5% among men. Uh, and it's really important to, to, to differentiate between these two things because it, alcohol has a track record of unfortunately causing death and sickness. Yeah, and destruction uh, among families, uh, as you mentioned earlier. All right, let's end on a high note, pardon the pun, but the uh, Miss Universe uh, pageant um, just took place and uh, Miss Universe Canada, um, she didn't win, Elisa Boston from Windsor, Ontario, but she might've stole the show. She wore a cannabis leaf themed dress and it, this is, uh, you know, this is another way we're seeing, okay, let's normalize it. I mean, five years ago, she might've been arrested uh, for, for doing something <laughs> and, and I'm being uh, extreme on that, but she might not have been allowed, but she is from a country that has federally regulated and legalized this. She got all the permission and, um, you know, she, uh, she caused a stir in a good way. I think. The costume that she wore was pretty sparkly. Uh, I I remember seeing it too. It looked like a a big peacock yeah. with uh, with cannabis leaves on it, and lots of glitter, and it was definitely attention grabbing. The interesting thing about uh, Alyssa Boston is that she doesn't even use cannabis. Mm-hmm. It's it's not part of of her lifestyle. She says that she was never actually even interested in it. But for her. It's the idea that there is a stigma attached to it, and she wants to do her part in order to to get rid of that stigma. And we're seeing that more and more, where people who may not have an interest in it or in using it may have family members who do, or just are compelled to defend people's um, rights to use it without getting side eye. And this is great to see. She's she's been offered uh, a job with a Windsor-based marketing company called the Campus Investor, and she's been hired now to speak to at a uh, big a big hemp expo in Denver, Colorado. So she's she's out there and she's spreading the message. It's one that uh, that she said didn't necessarily resonate with everyone during the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, noted in particular, Miss Indonesia, who definitely kept her space and that's partly because the drug laws in Indonesia are, are really among the strictest in the world 
uh, and people can face hefty fines or minimum jail sentence of four years there. Um, but other countries were were markedly supportive of that costume, and Miss Uruguay commenting to her that uh, she'd wished that she thought of it first. Yeah, I th- I found that very interesting that uh, Miss Indonesia didn't even want to be near the costume when photos uh, were taking place. Didn't even want to uh, be associated. And I've I've talked to different people uh, from for for some different podcasts of mine that are in countries that are strict, and they don't want to be associated with me because I do a cannabis podcast. So there is still a lot of fear out there in countries uh, that are are not as uh, forward thinking. Uh, but this also caught attention for a lot of people. David Spade made a joke about it on, on one of his shows. And uh, so this got out there. You know what? This was going to get more attention than if she came out dressed as uh, Connor McDavid or had a maple leaf <laughs> or maple syrup. You know, this is something that maybe Canada might start uh, being known for as the first, um, you know, other than Uruguay, the first uh, big country to legalize. So I applaud this. I think it's great. It has us talking. It had a lot of other people talking. I think this is only good um, for the industry as a whole and, and the, uh, the aura around cannabis. Canada is a world leader and it's time for us really to show that off on the world stage. I am with you on that. David, thanks so much for joining us. Once again, you can find okanaganz.com slash OZ, where you will get the uh, latest stories in cannabis. You can sign up for their email and you can follow them on Twitter at okanaganz and David, you can follow on Twitter at Wiley Writer. Thanks again. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. Thank you. Always love talking to you.